0: hi and welcome to modern animism radio this is laura giles your host and co-founder of pan society we have a lot going on here it's close to memorial day weekend we have a full moon eclipse in sagittarius mercury is also retrograde you might be noticing a lot of change happening so lots of confusion endings or blow-ups if that's happening where you are too It might help to know a thing or two about correspondences. This can really help you to see into the web of life so that you know where you are, know where you're going, how to keep it moving in the direction of your desires, and keep things balanced. So I'll get into that in today's podcast. First, let's give gratitude to our first ancestors, the elements. I'd like to acknowledge the element of earth and ask that you bring us safety, stability, and security so that the things we desire to take shape can find form in the material world. I give gratitude to the earth for the food that you supply and the home where we live. I acknowledge the element of air and ask that you bring us wisdom, creativity, and intelligence to discern when something is right for us or not. I give gratitude to the air for providing us with the oxygen that we breathe. Acknowledge the element of fire, and thank you for helping us to stir our passions in positive, connecting ways, and give us the will to see our ideas through. Acknowledge the element of water and give thanks for keeping us flowing in the rhythm of life. I give thanks to the water for all the life-giving properties that you bring to all creatures. I give gratitude to the loving, helping human ancestors for all the support that you give us that we see and don't see. And I'm sending tons of gratitude to all our listeners. You're why we're here. So thank you for listening, sharing, and liking us on social media. That really helps our Google ratings and helps us to get the word out about animism. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, as well as this podcast. And we also have a blog and an online animism school, so there's tons of ways to connect, learn, and keep growing your animist practice. So I'd also like to thank everybody who has given us donations either online or at one of our gatherings. If our show moves or inspires you and you want to help keep us on the air, you can donate at our website at pantssociety.net. There's a donate button at the bottom of the page. There's also a button on the Podbean app if you're using the app. And we're also at buymeacoffee.com forward slash pantssociety where we take donations. So we are a volunteer run organization. And our only support comes from donations. So every dollar goes directly to continuing our mission, and we really, really appreciate it. So correspondences, what does that mean? The dictionary meaning for correspond is to be similar. So it's really about what goes with what, so what works well with what, and what doesn't work well with what. Everything has a signature energy, and when you're aware of that, you can do a whole lot of things with more harmony. For instance, at the opening of the show, I said that we're experiencing a full moon eclipse in Saturn. Eclipses are big energies that impact all of us. And the energy of the moon is, it's water and it's feminine. And so the moon's going to have big impact on our emotions, our childhood or our mother. And the full moon is about reflecting and releasing their en- en- endings. And when it's an eclipse, it's time to transcend negative patterns or beliefs within the shadow self, so stuff you don't see. And it's time to release anything that may be holding you back. So this is massive, ready-or-not-here-I-come energy that can blow the doors off things that need to end so that they can heal or so that new things can come in. And um, if you're not ready for that, then you may miss an opportunity for a long time. So. If you know that you've got some things that need to go, I would take advantage of this momentum and just ride that wave. The energy of Sagittarius is fire and masculine. And keywords for Sagittarius are things like bold, energetic, freedom-loving, exaggerating, and gluttonous. So there's positives and negatives. Uh, it's not all good or not all bad. And if you know any Sagittarius, you might say like, oh, yeah, that sounds like that person. Um, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, which is the pattern of uh, ex- the planet. I can't talk today. See, that's Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> uh, it's the planet of expansion, and we see that idea in exaggerations and gluttony if your waistband expands. Jupiter is also about expanding the mind through travel, which Sagittarius is known for, and for lightheartedness and happiness, which fun and Sagittarius is also known for. And if you're starting to see how correspondences work, you might be seeing some patterns here. So when you put two things together, and this could be people, planets, plants, animals, minerals, whatever, you'll see how they mesh or how they clash. And I said at the opening of the show that this is a full moon eclipse in Saturn or in Sagittarius, but it's in Saturn, and Saturn is like the Eeyore of astrology. He's not the party guy. He's kind of boring. And when he shows up, it's more like the party's over. So Saturn is not generally a welcome dude. In fact, Saturn is known for discipline, hard work, control, responsibilities. So definitely need all of those things, but he's not the fun-loving Sagittarius or Jupiter. If Jupiter is expansion, Saturn is contraction. So Saturn sets limits and is practical. So you can start to see how this... Jupiter and Saturn pair might look. How would it be if you were with the fun-loving, expansive guy and then you got this dude setting limits and talking about practicality over in the corner? Probably don't get along so well, right? So that's the energy that's growing out there and impacting us. And you just can't make a generalization about it being a full moon. Well, you could but you have to have more useful information if you look at it holistically because all of this is in play. The moon is in play, the fact that it's full is in play, Mercury retrograde is in play, um, Saturn, Jupiter, all of it's in play. And there's other elements, too, out there that I didn't talk about, but that's how correspondences work. We look at, you know, what is, what is this thing? What energies are here? And is it working towards my goal? Is it working against my goal? How can I tweak it to make it more harmonious? Or is this something that I just need to write out? Because sometimes, like with the moon, there's nothing you can do. You're not going to control the moon. You're just going to have to learn how to live with it. Oh, and we have a Gemini sun. Gemini is the planet of communication. And, of course, Mercury, the ruler of Gemini, is in retrograde. So let's just throw that in there, too. Almost forgot. Gemini is air and masculine, so there's lots of masculine energy out there right now. So let's look at how well or not well these energies correspond. Well, we know that Jupiter, who wants to expand, does not get along well with Saturn, who wants to contract. So you can expect some discord there that some loving can get out of control and turn into gluttony, greed, or immorality because of being too controlled. So this could show up for you. Right, right now. (laughs) And the full moon eclipse likes to shine a light on what's in shadow. So that's probably going to be painful too. The moon can make those emotions just so, so flow. So it could be an emotional time for some of us or all of us. With Mercury in retrograde, that's something that's probably not flowing very well. So communication either. And not so easily, so we could have some potentially disturbing stuff on tap right now. It's probably not going to be a real easy time. To bring it all down to earth and help you grasp how this energy works in your everyday life, let's just get back to basics. So very, very basically, everything has either masculine or feminine energy. And generally speaking, we want a balance of masculine and feminine, but some jobs need masculine and some jobs need feminine. So Gemini moon might not be the best time to pop the question as Gemini is masculine. It's about communication. Moon's about emotion. This uh, could feel not romantic enough if we're talking about timing. We might want something to be more intimate, loving, or sexy. Are you starting to get it? Or you could time it by the moon's phase. So a full moon is a time for releasing and getting rid of things, so it's probably not a great time to propose when you want to start something new. A new moon is going to be better because new moons are associated with fresh starts. So if we want a fresh start with you, I might pop that question on the new moon. It's going to be more advantageous. The, the correspondences are there to make it flow more easily. See what I mean? So if you wanted to go by days of the week, probably the most auspicious day for a wedding proposal would be Friday because Friday is associated with Venus, the planet of love. And Friday is also associated with love, sex, and fertility, so perfect for a marriage proposal, right? If you know um, that this thing, whether things are masculine or feminine, it's a good way to start with correspondences. And after that, I move to the elements. So they are fire, water, air, and earth. And air and fire are masculine, water and earth are feminine. And if you know the properties of the elements, you can figure out what you need when. So whenever I open the podcast, I talk about what the elements are and and what they're associated with when I give gratitude for their property. So if you're paying attention to that, if you didn't already know, then that's kind of a crash course. Um, So if they need to be a stronger speaker or if I'm an overpowering speaker, I might need to tweak my air energy. That's going to be the first logical place to look. And if I'm overly emotional or not emotional at all, I probably need to balance my water. again. You know, it might not be that, but that's going to be the first logical place to look. The elements are basic uh, building blocks of all matter. They're in everything. So it pays to know the qualities so that you can use them to your advantage. If we're going to live in relationship with the world, we have to know what that world consists of and get to understand it. So these correspondences help with that. If you put things on your altar, you're probably already working with correspondences. Often feathers represent the air because they come from birds and birds fly in the air. So you're starting to see how these things work. It's just really using what you already know about things and kind of distilling it down to basics. So water is often water. Uh, Shells can also be used to represent water. Earth can be used for earth. Uh, Sand, locks are also good uh, representations of earth. For fire, we usually use a candle flame. Uh, Sometimes it's incense or or burning uh, aromatics like sage, but that can also represent air because of the smoke that rises through the air. Colors are other energetic things that have correspondences. So intuitively we associate fire with red, orange, and sometimes yellow, right? Uh, Those are the colors of the sun and fire, so that makes sense. Water, the color of water is usually blue or silver or something cool. Earth is usually brown or green, air is white or silver, even though air has no color. You look up, you know, you see the white of the clouds, or it's the closest you can get to invisible, I guess. Um, But these colors are not the only possibilities, but these are just the ones that are typical. Plants of correspondences, every plant has a gender and an element associated with it you get into plant medicine, this is going to be really important because it'll help you to make more powerful blends. So for example, dandelion is one of my favorites. It's masculine. It's ruled by Jupiter. It's associated with Pisces and Sagittarius, so water and fire. You can already start to get some qualities of dandelion just by knowing that little bit. Uh, the element is air because seeds fly through the air. Uh, dandelions look like little tiny drops of sun. So they're associated with some sun deities and sun attributes. So some of the attributes are luck. Um, I, I guess because you know you blow the little seeds, and they bring your wishes. So luck and wishes are, are attributes. Hope goes right along with that. Balance and happiness. Suns are happy, right? Brings warmth to your heart. Um, some magical properties are abundance, which you might be able to guess because of the Jupiter there. Uh, because of association with sun, you could use them to drive out the darkness. So maybe this is a, something you use for depression, negativity, or just the personal baggage that we all carry. So if you wanted to bring a little sunshine into your heart, you could just press a dandelion flower into your heart and carry it there. Numbers also have energetic uh, significance. This is basically how numerology works. Animals have correspondences too, crystals, uh, wood. That comes from plants, Um, and I already talked about that, but wood is another one that's often used in rituals and spells, and they have their own specific correspondences, metals too. These are things that we often use in rituals and spells, so it's good to know a few of your favorites. Um, I would just use really the same ones over and over again because then you get to know them really, really well. And once you have a few, when you do rituals and spells, that they will help you to supercharge those and, and be useful. So when you're making a spell, herbal tonic, essential oil blend, or blending anything, like perfume, really anything, uh, you want to think about correspondences because if things flow well and harmoniously, you're going to have something powerful working for you. And if they don't, it might not flow so easily. If your energy is not feeling smooth, you're probably heavy or light on something. But something needs to be balanced, and things are going to flow better if you get back in balance. So you might tap in and be like, hmm, I feel like I need more flow. Flow is associated with water. I might wear blue that day. I might wear blue earrings or if I have to do a uh, speech, what I do is often I have a lot of uh, blue chokers, aquamarine, lapis lazuli, and I'll wear them around my neck so that I have that blue sitting right there. So that's kind of a way of using that in your day-to-day life. To go way big picture, just think masculine and feminine. Do I need more masculine energy? Do I need more feminine energy? You don't have to know a whole lot about anything to, I don't want to say to get it right because it's it's not really about right or wrong, but to be able to use that masculine and, and feminine thing. If you've kind of got a handle on that, you can just go to the next one, which is elements. Do I need more fire, water, air, or earth? That's going to be really basic. Everybody can do that. So. If you like plants or you like something else, you like colors, you like crystals, you can learn them. Um, yeah, I would, because it's just going to make things more meaningful to you. If you make, And you can do that intuitively, too. So it's not like you have to go get a book and read up on everything. That's how people learned, is they just did it intuitively. And then, you know, sometimes you'll get a correction and be like, mm, no, that's not the way that I thought it worked after all or sometimes you'll just get confirmation. So just the act of engaging with things and getting to know them, you'll figure that stuff out. It's really a lot more basic than it might sound. If your head is exploding, trust me, um, just by paying more attention, it really won't later. It It does make sense. So if you make your own Wheel of Life, you can add all of these things to it. You can put plants in there. You can put animals in there, colors, blah, 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 blah. you know, the Native American wheel has colors in it. That's why it has colors in it, because those are the colors associated with the directions and the elements for their wheel. Now, this doesn't mean that these are the colors. It just means that they're the colors that certain tribes chose, because all Native American medicine wheels are not the same. So when you're making your wheel, you can put whatever you want in it, and put it wherever you want, as long as it makes sense to you. Because if it's balanced, then it's balanced. It just is. Um, But having that in a wheel type configuration is going to help you to see how everything is interwoven into a web. And correspondences are really about relationships, and all animism is relational. Now, this is not a need-to-know thing, but like I said, it does help things make more sense. And I think that when you have that kind of running in the front of your mind, it's just going to make you feel more connected. It does for me anyway. So like I said, if it's overwhelming, take it slow. Stick to masculine and feminine. We can all wrap our heads around that. The big picture takeaway is um, just think about what goes with what. If I place a tiny five-year-old in a yoke with a sumo wrestler and I expect them to pull a plow together, that's not going to work. They're not equally yoked. If I put an ambitious go-getter on a sales team with a careful, cautious person, they might have really great results, but they're probably going to have really different styles of working, and I don't anticipate that that would go over so well because fire doesn't usually blend with water. But I wouldn't uh, count out any combination. So these are generalities. Big picture is big picture. I'm triple water, and I've had good relationships with fires. So you do have to look at the big picture. It doesn't sound like it would work, but it could. And um, everything is more than just one element or more than just masculine or feminine. So it's a place to begin. Whether you are creating an altar, a story, a piece of art, a ritual, a spell, you might think about correspondences, food even. You know, what foods go well together? These things are everywhere. They create harmony and balance and good taste and, and flow, or not, depending upon how they're used. Now, again, this is not to say you have to know them. It, it might all sound like gibberish to you, and that's okay. The most important part of anything is your intention, and you don't need any rituals or spells. You don't need an altar or a holy day celebration. All you really need for animism is an open heart. Everybody has their own way of working. Some people really love getting their hands on things and combining them and making them pretty or useful or magical. Other people could care less. You know, some people are just really super simple, and it's all good. So if you can use it, use it. And if this is like, whoop, over my head, not for me, that's totally cool too. So that's our show for this week. Thanks again for tuning in. If you want to join us live and you're in our local area, we are starting to gather in person again. Our events are posted on our Facebook page, so come on over and join us there. You know animism is a lifestyle. It can be hard to do it from a book or a six-week class, and if you want to learn animism in an animistic way at your own pace, please join us on our online experiential animism class where you can learn really practical things that can help you explore animism in your way but deeply. Thank you all for joining us for this edition of Pan Society Radio. So grateful for all of you being here and tuning in. Hope you're having a fabulous Memorial Day holiday and eclipse season. And I'll see you next week. Ciao.